Today's episode is dedicated to the Epic Games launcher and the AAA game industry in general. I'm Jason. I'm Mitch. I'm Tim. Let's go. Hey, Mitch. What's up? I heard that the Epic launcher is spyware. No, uh, it's not. Uh, it's been proven that it's not. Uh, it's been shown that it's not. It's totally not spyware. This this advertisement's been paid for by the Chinese government. Uh oh. <laughs> so no, but like in all honesty, like it, it's. So there was like a big thing that came out right, and like um, Tom Sweeney tw- tweeted. Tim Sweeney. Tim Sweeney, whatever. The the Sweeney Todd tweeted uh the other day like the beginning of april ish or whatever because he's gotten a lot of backlash from all the different things yeah i I mean i would i would probably agree but a lot of backlash from the recent things that happened with uh with the epic launcher and the exclusivity deals and all the things that have happened right and even most recently uh, they released Metro Exodus as an exclusive deal, and then they came out and were like, "Okay, we we see our ways. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that anymore. It's like super bad." But then GDC rolled around, and he's like, "I mean, you know, if if a company wants to come and be an exclusive with us, we're not gonna say no. You know, it's fine." Uh, but like one of the biggest things that happened was uh, people were saying that the Epic Launcher was a piece of spyware, and and I think a lot of that stemmed from the article that had come out or the Reddit post, I should say that came out from this dude who even in the Reddit post, if you read it, he's like, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot, but this looks like spyware. And he was referencing the fact that it was copying uh, a file from steam and, and whatnot and like copying it over and to try to get information from it. Um, But there was a, like a more in detailed uh, breakdown on a forum face bunch where a, um, uh, a a programmer dude basically went in and he installed the epic launcher and he watched what it was doing looked at the registry items that it was uh, looking at looked at the network traffic that was going through and basically analyzed the entire process and he's like yeah this is uh, this is pretty standard it's an electron app which if you don't know what an electron app is it's an application that turns basically a website into a computer application that you can install. So it's already like not a very good application because it's not natively built to be a installed application. And so it does a whole bunch of things that websites do, like talk, look at security certificates and SSLs and, and make all these other uh, web requests and stuff like that. But none of the information that was being uploaded was nefarious. Uh, in fact, the only information that was being uploaded from back to Epic servers is the exact information that they said was being uploaded. And that was um, like, if you say you want to link your fa- your Steam, it's your Steam like user ID and like your friend's user IDs or something like that to, so you can like get that link going. But overall, it wasn't doing anything that it didn't say it was doing uh and it's it's not spying on you from for the chinese government so it's okay to continue playing Fortnite. Uh, well that makes me feel better than not getting spied on by the chinese government at least yeah. not by epic launcher well it's in, it's interesting that like the the actual problem was more just them moving too fast and doing really crappy development practices <laughs> yeah well and it's so the reason that it had to copy that file over to begin with also was because the file the way that the windows applications work if you are an application and you try to run uh something that looks in a different folder and read a file from a different folder you need elevated permissions for that and they didn't want to have to make their application require administrator perms in order to install Right. So the way around that is you just copy the file over. And that way, when it's copied over as part of the installation process, you can read it and you can read it without having to elevate your perms. So it's kind of like a stupid workaround. Uh, 
that shouldn't necessarily need to be there in the first place. But that's, I mean, like, the whole the epic reason. launcher is a stupid workaround, right? Yeah, that's like, so true. I was we we all started replaying Borderlands over the course of this like last week, right? And one of the cool things about Steam is it's got cloud saves, and all my fun characters from 2012 and beyond are still sitting there hanging out, ready for me to play them. Can't do that in Epic right now. I was really surprised when I logged in and I saw my old characters on there. I'm like, huh, I didn't realize that uh, Steam Sync saved those from way back. In yeah, the day. well, Epic won't do that. No. So, not yet, at we, least. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that Epic won't do. I think that there is a lot of reasons to not like the Epic Store launcher, um, but going around and saying, oh, it's spyware, stay away, they're spying on you, like that's the wrong the wrong like, message to be spreading. I, I kind of blame the publishers a little bit too on, on this whole drama, um, on the exclusivity thing, because if it was just about the revenue split, why aren't these all these people on Discord? Because apparently Discord has a better revenue split than Epic. So they're 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 getting they're getting the revenue split plus they're getting that sweet, sweet cash from Epic for their exclusivity. So it isn't like a oh we're just getting a better deal over here. No, we're getting a we're getting a better deal plus we're getting guaranteed sales in the form of cash. Good old cash. Yeah. It's sort of interesting that all the shades being thrown at Epic rather than because people, well, Epic's people offering just, the cash. Right. Epic's offering the cash, but the other people are taking the cash, right? Like yeah. it takes two to tango. And so, like, when you as a developer are just like, well, like, you know, I really want my game to do well, so we're going to say pre-orders on Steam, and then later, like, oh, man, Epic has a lot of money. Like, kind of their fault, too. I would say it's it's more their fault, right? Like, they don't, if you, no one's throwing you down and, and being like, listen, man, you have to, you have to publish your game on my store me being epic I'm, I'm playing epic in this scenario mm-hmm. although uh we're I'm done, not gonna huh we're not totally aware of the epic epic games salesperson's behavior to be fair i mean i guess that's true you know <laughs> what though i okay so i i realized something the other day too because like we've talked about um how the the money splits there right and the better payout uh for for developers is there on the epic store and and how the if if a if a publisher just came out and was like yeah you know you can buy it on either store but we're gonna sell it for fifty dollars on epic store or if you want to buy it on steam like you can do that but they charge more so you're gonna buy it for sixty dollars on steam but no one really does that and and then actually um i thought about another scenario that that we haven't really talked about and that is digital purchases on a company's own store for company games and how uh, if you look at Microsoft and Sony, for example, they sell digital copies of their games on their own stores, like on the Xbox store. So is Origin, um, EA, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah and, and they're full price. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, it's... You're, and especially now with with uh, Sony getting rid of the ability to purchase digital game cards, um, it's really interesting to me that they that there isn't a single company out there that really sells a game for for cheaper, right? Like you have there's I feel like there's there's like four different price brackets that you have for a game. You have a forty dollar game. Right, which forty dollars games are typically more indie games. You have the sixty dollars standard price AAA experience. You have the eighty dollars price AAA plus season pass deluxe edition experience, and then like above that for season plus plus passes and deluxe gold platinum editions and whatever. But if a company like Microsoft or Sony, or, or just say Microsoft, right? Because Microsoft's right now in this part where they're really trying to get a lot more uh, uh, clout back from the gaming community. If they are trying to win back all this favor and they're not willing to lower the price of their own games when they don't have to pay, uh, you know, a different store to sell it, they don't have to pay a commission to Steam or Epic or whoever, right? They're selling it on their own store. Uh, I think it would. I think it would go a long way. 
for releasing like if they released halo 5 halo infinite that's the one halo 6 infinite whatever if they release that as a 50 dollars title on their store right like you can go you could buy the physical copy at walmart it's going to be 60 bucks because they have to pay a lot more to do that uh you can buy the digital copy on their store and it's and it's 50 dollars right and i i I don't know why these companies aren't doing this. I feel like that would give you a way better uh, goodwill with the people than than what's going on right now. Yeah, I think See, I think that's a problem. As one point, I think that's a problem in the game industry uh, because I think these these companies know that gamers are kind of rabid, and I, I'm I'm one of them. And they'll just buy whatever. So why would they make things cheaper and pass it on to the customer? Because they don't need to. Because the you know the Star Wars fans because we're that's the only thing i can compare us to we'll pay for it so yeah. like i don't know what were you gonna say tim well i wonder if in regards to there not being discounts on their stores i wonder if there's contractual obligations there where you can't they can't put those things on discount because it has to be like coordinated discount everywhere or something like that because they're not allowed to undercut the people who are also their distributors kind of thing. The only like, game I can think of what it, that did it sort of was Metro Exodus. Was It was $50 on Epic Store, but I think that was not done out of the goodwill of their hearts. I think it was done because of how the deal was made. Do you well, know, and do you, I'm, I'm curious about that too because like what about sites like Green Man Gaming or, or Amazon – Right, Amazon, you still give you a twenty percent discount on on pre-orders. They they eat the cost on that though, right? Right, but so the the Microsoft Store could they could yeah. eat the cost on on a, a title or even make it like Amazon no longer gives you a discount. They say if you pre-order a game, you get a ten dollar in-store credit that you can use. Right, Microsoft could do the same exact thing, and it doesn't discount the game. And so any contractual obligations that they have to keep the game at the same price, they could keep selling the game for $60. But every time you buy a digital copy of a game on the Microsoft Store, you get a $10 gift certificate that you can spend on the Microsoft Store, right? And then all of a sudden you buy five games and you get the sixth one for mostly free. Buy six games, get seventh free. I don't know how that math adds up, but you get Which I kind of wish I would have read this earlier before we start this conversation. Apparently, there's a, a pretty big reset era thread about Epic's Games cut, um, saying that buyers take on transaction costs. Twenty five percent Epic cut if transaction costs is absorbed by Epic. I don't know what that means. I'd like to maybe dive into this later, but maybe we can talk about it at a future date. But maybe maybe it's not as benevolent as it seems. I don't know what that really means though. But it's yeah yeah i I would i'd say let's research that and because yeah that could i mean that could be a big distinction because if if that is the case everybody that i see talking about it on the internet doesn't mention anything like that right and so maybe epic isn't being as transparent as they could with their policies and which is another reason to not like them i don't know I mean, I can tell you right now, they're making me fucking more productive. Like, there's a bunch of games that I probably won't be getting this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's uh, rumored that even some more games are going to be exclusives, like uh, Red Dead 2. It's fine. I didn't plan on getting that game anyway. <laughs> I'm not a fan of... I'm, I The last Rockstar game, like GTA game I played, was Grand Theft Auto 3. I'm just that's just not my series. Um and I bought like Max Payne 3 on sale. So like I'm not a Rockstar fan and good riddance. I know a lot of people are but I'm just not. <laughs> yeah, right, well. I mean that's but fair enough. What's interesting though, publishers take 2 and all the Take 2 games have gone to Epic. Borderlands 3 is published by Take 2. So that seems to be so if it's a Take 2 game it's expected to be an Epic. Is Take Two the same thing as Two K? They're the same division, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I believe that. Yep, Two K Games, Take Two. They're, I think Take Two is the larger publisher, and Two K Games is a developer within Two K. Does that make sense? Or two, within Take Two? Let me look it up. Oh. Let's see here. 
they yeah so they're a subsidiary of take two interactive so yeah they're all the same they're all the all the big buddy all big big shit so all all take two games are going to be epic exclusive going forward they want that sweet sweet money interesting what and it's funny because what i find them almost like kind of really interesting about that is that epic games had this you know huge influx of of cash from tencent right and they've gotten all this money from fortnite which is how they're going through and they're able to uh in my mind how they're able to do all these exclusivity deals to try to get people on their platform. Yeah. Uh, they have all this capital to back it up, but uh, like Tencent also announced that it's releasing a, a launcher on this uh, platform on our, on windows. And so like that, that's another launcher that's going to compete with their own launcher if Tencent truly does own a good part of Epic? I mean, they bought... Tencent bought a 40% stake in Epic back in... Uh, I don't have the date here. Uh, back when... It's actually before Fortnite launched because they used that money... Because they used that money to, like, build Fortnite and make a bunch of investments in... Well, also, you have to have a Chinese business back your game in order to get in the country. Yeah. So that's probably what that was about, right? Yeah. So that's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. You have to have a Chinese business back your, like, when you specifically when you go into China, the part of your business that is in China has to be fifty point one percent owned by a Chinese business. Like when you go to China. The part of your business is in China is not owned by you. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talk about that rule potentially getting changed, but as far as I know, if I'm wrong, you know, comment about it. But that's that's a that is how it works. Um, I don't I don't know if it's going to be changed anytime soon because, for example, a bunch uh, Tencent itself has not been able to get a ton of games that they've been sponsoring into China. They're being denied, like left and right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it. It only benefits like it only benefits China. So why would they change that rule, right? Mm -hmm. If people continue to be like, "Well, it's a huge market. I guess I just have to deal with it." But yeah, so Tencent stake is an ownership stake. It's a minority ownership stake, but I can't imagine even even if it even if you don't have full voting control. That doesn't mean there's not going to be influence. And yeah, I don't think, you know, it's not like I can go and buy stock in Microsoft today and then they'll let me into the Microsoft headquarters and I can open up all their servers and steal everyone's information. Like, that's not how owning stock works, right? So, like, I, I do, I definitely agree with the, you know, just because they're, they have an ownership stake by Tencent. Oh my God, they're giving all of our information to Tencent. I don't really agree with that. No, if Although anything, it's actually, funny to say. it it makes more sense to me now because, really, if if ten cents investing in the company, because then they can go through and take the games that are published on Epic and bring them over to China. If they're published as a controlling majority in China, then they can they can go through and probably control more of the globalization of the game, right? Because we all know that there's different versions that come out in, for different regions. Um, but then it's actually, I, I think, pretty good on their part because now they they don't have to do really any of the work. They're just being like, hey, I'll give you money so that way I can take your game and China can give me money. Yeah. So, like, I think it's a legitimate gripe to say things like, you know, the fact that they have a investment by Tencent causes them to make development decisions that they otherwise wouldn't. But that's not that's not because the Chinese government is dictating what they develop. It's because they're influenced by the fact that they have to put their stuff in China and deal with China's laws. And they literally have to if they want to be in that market. 
Well, and also, but let's make also the distinction here that Epic Games is not the developer for majority of these games that are being published, right? Like that's true. They are they have no say at all in the development of the game. They're just coming afterwards and being like, "Oh, you want to you want to launch your game on us?" And then you know we'll distribute your game for you, right? And we're talking about you know like Fortnite specifically, like um, so. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of interesting. I think if you're if you're on Chinese servers, however, like you're on the actual Chinese servers that Tencent is running, you have a valid argument for the Chinese government spying on you because it's probably true. Yep, but not here in the good old U.S. of A. At least we hope. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is a moment. So like gamer boycotts have never worked. Like I, I personally stick to them because it just, I don't know. It's just, it's embedded in my personality when I don't, when I don't like a person or a corporation, I, I'm, I'm pretty firm in it. Like really firm. Um, but I don't think gamers as a whole are. And this is like a turning point because I feel like, I feel like developers, especially Western developers kind of just don't respect their customers very well. They just don't. And it's what's interesting is that Bellular guy was talking about how Nintendo just got the ninth um, most respected company in the United States, yep. and Nintendo treats their customers very well, listens to their customers, um, and the rest of the companies kind of treat us like fodder. And I kind of think we should just uh, stop doing that. So this is a turning point. So. Uh, if you truly think the Epic Games launcher is stupid, then you're gonna have to curb your fucking your fucking desire and not buy the games, and wait. Don't play Fortnite. It's really hard though. Buy a Switch instead and play some good games. And also, just to just to tag on to that Nintendo comment, uh, on the 11th of this month, uh, April that is 2019, uh, Nintendo is doing. The, another Nintendo Direct, and it'll be the last one with Reggie. So people are speculating that there's going to be some good announcement because it's his last one. Yeah, you're just going to have to start, you know, being more aware of what you, who you are buying from. And the problem is consumers are not very, at least consumers in this era, aren't really very good at that. I would say back in my my grandmother's and even my father's day, consumers were, were way more informed, um, and companies were way more apt to not want to piss off their consumers but in the, in the digital age that's not really i really don't think that's the case so. you know what it's because we don't have a consumer reports for digital goods it's true i remember like, yeah a lot of people would go to consumer reports for that kind of information right to to read up on things before they bought it and there's that just doesn't exist for for digital stuff yeah. So, like, the problem is, is like these these AAA developers, are, they they have to know, like, okay, we're gonna get a lot of bad press about this, but you know, gamers just can't help themselves; they're just gonna buy it anyway, right? Man, I think yeah. that's what they think, and so far they've been proven right. Well, it sometimes not though. A good good example is Randy Pitchford, the guy who who's the head of Gearbox when the pre sequel first came out, and it, there had been murmurs that it was a piece of shit. He was bragging online that oh it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna um, do a million on its first day, and it didn't. And there are cases where people like they they do hold it to it, but I think the only case is if the game is bad. That makes sense. I don't know how how to better explain that because like I don't think Anthem did as much money as I thought it did because the game was bad. Yeah, but if they make a good game, people are just going to play it because they'll just tune out everything else and be like, well, it's a good game, though. I have to play it. I don't think people like being left out. That's the thing, right? Like, this is why, me personally, like, I don't like getting on cultural phenomenons. Like, that's why I never watch Game of Thrones. Not because I don't think it's a bad thing, but because everybody was super into it. That, for some reason, turns me off until, like, it it dies down and and the hype goes away. And that's the same thing with video games sometimes. Like, if it's a... That's why probably why I don't like Rockstar games, probably because they're overhyped, and they're all, they're just normal ass games to me. I don't know; it just turns me off. It's I'm a weird guy. Well, I feel like all the Rockstar games are like I don't know how to like a bro game, right? Like Call of Duty is a bro game. If I if I can categorize the type of 
gamer that plays different types of games, right? Sure. Then there, a bro game in my mind is Call of Duty, Madden, and Grand the Theft Rockstar. Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Just cause you know it, it's the games where there's really not a whole lot of depth to them. It's more of like you play like okay Madden, you go in, you're playing football. Um, in just cause you're just running around blowing shit up, right? And then in like in Grand Theft Auto Five, you run around, steal cars, and like go to the strip club. I uh, the Rockstar games that I really like are ones that don't ever get sequels or didn't sell a ton, like Bully and uh, Max Payne. <laughs> hmm. Like I said, the last the last like um Grand Theft Auto game was Grand Theft Auto Three, and it was a good game, but it it was it wasn't anything that cemented itself in my heart. Like I, I, I didn't, I wasn't hooked as a, a Grand Theft Auto fan from that game. And yeah. I, I watched friends play Grand Theft Auto four and it seemed to have a decent storyline, but beyond that, it was just like a boring fucking open world, another open world game, you know, I don't know. A really good rockstar game I thought was LA Noir. Also, um, I did play that too. Also an underrated game that didn't sell a lot as much as they wanted to. So, yeah, but like, like that game, that game was ahead of its time for a lot of things. Actually, they did yeah. some interesting things in that game. Like maybe, maybe but I wonder, capture. I wonder why it didn't sell as much as they wanted it to. Is it, it was, it was a smart game. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like an asshole, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I because don't know. Their core audience is bros, as Mitch put it. <laughs> it's, it's required a little bit of thought. It's a main, it's a mainstream fucking video game. So yeah, definitely it's, you know. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure the Red Day games are pretty deep though, so there there's it, I don't think that applies to those games, but who knows? Not Trash and Rockstar like they they make some okay games. It's just they're, they're just not my type of game, you know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you don't have to like every game that comes out. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying though. I think I think people don't like being feeling left behind. Especially if it's like a co-op experience, like say Borderlands or or Dark Souls, like you, pe- people always worry about the community dying out, so they want to get in that co-op experience immediately, as quickly as possible, before the community dies. But in the case of Borderlands Two, they've had a solid fucking community for since 2012. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, it actually just uh, got a big resurgence too with the HD texture pack. Yeah. So, I mean. People still play Dark Souls, and if you really want to find players too, you could just go to the subreddits and find people. So, my point is, is, if you really hate Epic, then you need to not buy from Epic. I won't be buying from Epic. I don't like Epic. I think they're shitheads and scumbags, personally. Um, I, and that sucks too, because I used to be. A, I'm a big fan of the Unreal Four engine. I think I thought I was really excited about what they were doing with that, but then they had to go and throw their goodwill away for me. And that really just sucks. So, douchebags. China sucks. <laughs> well, it seems like it seems like CEOs like Randy Fritcher don't just don't want user reviews at all. Maybe that's why they like the Epic Store right now is because there's no user reviews. But Steam has user reviews, and instead of they made a system that basically says it's a it's automated, but it it, it pings a administrator if if a game is possibly being review bombed and the administrator goes in and looks by hand and then basically uh does what youtube does and basically drawns them out or shadow bans them so like if you go to the the, right now all reviews overwhelmingly positive still but you'd have to go digging through the reviews to see all of the uh ones that that were removed and um the botted reviews of like the middle finger fuck epic i don't even see those anymore so those are probably moderated so they did a good job and people jumped a gun stupid ass fucking uh game developers and the problem is is like i kind of feel like some of these bigger developers like like gearbox stuff like that they're trying to like use like indies as a shield so they're like oh we're so poor developers even though we're, we're like we're like supported by a big name publisher. Oh, we're so poor, and and, and but, but but you know protect us. And they use like indie developers as a shield, basically saying that oh this is for them. But no, we're using, you know, I don't know. 
This is dumb. He's dumb. He says some dumb shit. <laughs> and I like his games, but he, he, well, I like his Borderland games. I don't like Aliens, Colonial Marines, or the Duke Nukem games, or the other stupid Battle of Born they did. They, they did, they've had like three stinkers in a row. So this is like their Hail Mary. I think if they don't, if they don't make good money on this, they're, they're done. But. So it, it, it's, it's interesting to me. And like, so the topic of review bombing, right? I don't know if uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of what I want to say. Cause I, I don't know if I necessarily agree or disagree with it. Right. Like on the one hand with it, if we, if we take back the part where steam removed the, the, the comments, right. Just the botted ones or just, okay. Just the botted ones, but like they removed the ones that were botted and everything like that. But at, so at the, at the crux of it, you had uh, an announcement that people weren't happy about because um, they gearbox said that, that Borderlands three is going to be an exclusive to uh, not steam. And so people were pissed about it. And so they wanted to go through and, and exercise their right to talk about how pissed they were about it and and go through and and they decided to review bomb Borderlands 2. On the one hand, I don't think that those reviews on Borderlands 2 are are well placed because like your Borderlands 2 isn't an Epic Games exclusive. Borderlands 2 isn't what you're you're upset about and so you're you're taking the the very positive review that Borderlands 2 has on Steam and you know you're you're dive bombing it because you're upset about something else that the company's doing but on the other hand like at the time the well there isn't because because so many gamers use the steam review system to rate their games and borderlands 3 isn't going to be on steam that there was no page for them to review bomb on steam right so or like, Epic, where are they going to throw? Yeah, they or don't, Epic, because they, they, Epic doesn't allow reviews yet. Well, even if I okay, so even if Epic allows reviews, even if Epic were to come in and and copy all the functionality that Steam has, I don't think that the Steam community would move over to Epic. I don't think that the uh, the review section, the forum section, the help section, any of that is going to get really brought over. Uh, to to what epic has so i think that the review section of steam is a pretty good place to go through and actually get some fairly good uh reviews on games if especially if you're looking for user-based reviews and not something like metacritic and i don't think that's something that you can necessarily copy over to a different a different platform yeah if you have a game that isn't being re- released on steam like you have nowhere for these people to put their frustration yeah right? it's, other than it's... like twitter it's it's a problem of falling on deaf ears. So they they can get on Twitter and they can bitch at Randy all fucking day or take two or whatever, and it's all gonna fall on deaf ears because they're they're ruling by spreadsheet. They're they're playing a numbers game because in the past gamer boycotts don't work. The the biggest one being the Modern Warfare two one because it didn't offer dedicated servers. The, you ever see that famous image of like there's a Steam group called Boycott Modern Warfare 2, and then on the day that Modern Warfare 2 came out, everybody in the Boycott group was playing it? No. Ah. Of course. So, like, that's what I'm saying. There, there are numbers. They, they have internal numbers to show that gamers have no impulse control. And See? so, so the, they're at, at right now, they're frustrated and don't know where to take out their, their rage. So it's it's a problem of like it's falling on deaf ears because it is an anti-consumer practice. Like, you, if if I, I if I were in the business, I would make the Epic game. If I'm selling on Epic, I'd make the game ten dollars cheap, five to ten dollars cheaper, to promote people to go buy it over there and then put it on Steam, put it on Discord, put it on GOG, and then fucking let the numbers work. But they don't want to do that. But. I don't know. This could be a this could be a really bad bluff. That happens in gambling, right? You can make a bad call. Yeah. It probably won't true. be a bad call, but it could be. <laughs> yeah. 
And what's interesting too, like you could even in the negative reviews. So, and if you, do you ever go through the reviews on Steam? Every once in a while, do you ever do you ever like filter it by funny? Play, uh, no. Okay, so a lot, one of the funny things about Steam reviews is people will will do a bad review on purpose. Like one of them right here is like, okay, so you read some positive reviews and thought, huh, seems cool. I wonder if there's anything wrong or bad about the game. So you click on the no negative reviews to find out. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with the game, but there is with you. Do you know how, do you know how I know that? I do. It's because you clicked on the negative reviews and instead of add the cart, you see the problem here. So why are you still reading this review? Buy the fucking game already. It's a, it's a not recommended joke review. So Steam knows people make funny reviews like this. Like one one of them was not recommended. The 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 comment says this is a great game. I just like the color red. <laughs> That's See, awesome. I, like I honestly think it goes back to the same thing. Like I don't know my personal opinion of it for for Steam. I think the Steam should just do nothing about it. They probably won't I, do anything. No, I think Steam shouldn't do anything about review bombs. I because every single time a game gets review bombed, they already have like as long as steam is actually showing the trend that's a lot of times i've gone and looked at a game and be like oh like there's some kind of controversy happening i wonder what that's about and i look at it and see if it's something i actually care about but like if you show the trend and because they have they have two different things they say recent reviews are a certain thing and overall reviews are a certain way when overall reviews are overwhelmingly positive and recent reviews suck it's like huh because like where does that review bomb thing stop right like what if what if borderlands 2 did an update that sucked like and people are going on there and all of a sudden giving a bunch of negative reviews but the developer thinks that that's not fair because it's not really based off the overall game you know like they have some dlc that sucked and it's like well the overall game is really good these people are just upset about the dlc so we should turn off we should turn off the review section because of that, you know? Like, I think I think it's like slippery slope kind of thing. It could go, you, you stop conversation, like, you can, you can now have a, uh, you now have a, have a, a precedent to stop the conversation in other scenarios. Well, I think some developers are lobbying Epic not to add reviews. Like, for example, Origin doesn't have reviews in their games. Yeah. So it's true. That's um, one of the things that's different about Steam, right? And why Steam's been so successful because it has that community-driven aspect to it. I mean, GOG I will, does, thank God, and I like GOG a lot. I will say, I think that the way so Steam did go through and they get rid of or they got rid of the bunch of the bot reviews, right? Which I don't think that that's a bad thing. If you have a bunch of bots leaving fake reviews, that's one thing compared to actually actual people leaving actual reviews. Um, but the way that Steam handled it in the overall was that they aren't—they aren't getting rid of all reviews. What they're doing is they're marking them as off-topic, and and which I think is a fair system for for what it is, right? And that's because, why Randy looked like a jackass when he was fucking. Yeah, yeah. Randy came out and he was he was bitching about the entire thing, uh, and then Steam came out and said, "Well, you know, all of these reviews, there, there was such an influx of negative reviews on this game. It, it caused them to go through and do a manual review of it, and they saw, okay, well, the reviews aren't actually about the game, so they marked all the reviews for a certain period of time, and and uh, I think still today, or maybe not today, or yet, I don't know, but." Um, all of them were marked as off topic. So the reviews are still there. They just don't count towards the, the game's actual review scores. Right. But they're, they're still accessible. You can still, you can still, you know, in, include them in links. You can still add, write new ones, access them, et cetera, et cetera. Which I think on Steam's part is, you know, a, a good smart way to handle it. They didn't just like take it and say, no, you can't do this here and then delete everything. But they did make it to where it doesn't actually affect the reviews of the game that they're not talking about. Because that's the important part, right? Like, you don't want... If a game came out, right, and, like, Borderlands 2, and then Randy Pritchford, I don't know, had some kind of controversy, and he got arrested, and he's going to trial, and whatever, 
<laughs> I mean, I don't think it's fair to the game to go through and say, yeah, oh, this game's a piece of shit because the person that made it is a piece of shit, even though the game's actually really good and, and you really enjoy the game. And you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think user reviews are still good. I, I just, I think, I see what you're saying, but I, I kind of think what the some of these developers are lobbying, like say Epic, I think they're using these review bombs as like a lobby to like get Epic not to have reviews of their own because they don't right now, and they may never implement them for that reason, yeah. just to please developers. Well, and. Not to mention, like a re- a review from the community is harder to control, right? If you if you mm-hmm. release a game and your game is shit, then user reviews are going to show that it's shit. Um, but if you release a game and you're like, okay, I want to get some good press on this, and and you pay someone a million dollars to stream it on Twitch, and you know you go over to Metacritic and you and you pay for a, a sponsored post for Metacritic and, and whatnot, like I don't know enough about the reporters that work at Metacritic and how the review system like works. Um, but I trust Steam community reviews more than I do Metacritic reviews. Uh, and I think it's a lot harder to hide the fact that you just released a shitty game when you're looking at user reviews and not, you know, sponsored reviews and sponsored coverage of your game. And that's where the, the difference between what's out there now and what developers actually want and why Epic might not release a review section comes into play, you know? Well, I mean, kind of off topic, but just look how Bioware reacted to the expose that came out on their corporate culture about, like how people are getting stress, having to take like months of stress leave and crying in, in closets and doing all kinds of crunch. And they, they came out with this like demissive response the day the article hit. And I, I, I my point is, is like, these guys are all big giant corporations and they, and they, they want to, they, they, they didn't want, they don't want any shade on them at all. At all. So they're going to lobby to do it. And the same thing with like Rotten Tomatoes too, for example, with Captain Marvel. There was a, a big lobby to get the want to see the want to see button removed, and they did. They removed it out of because there was a big lobby for it. So, it's and it's all the, these big companies just don't want shade on their on their possible shitty product. I'm not saying I'm not saying Captain Marvel was a shitty product. It was it was, a, it was an okay movie, but my point is is they don't want any shade whatsoever. So, yeah, man. Well, and then that that like. I think that stems just to the kind of online culture that we have right now, right? Like this, this outrage mob reactionary culture of, of everything that it can really affect um, people's products in a negative way. If something stupid comes out, right. And then all of a sudden people are boycotting and, and, you know, you have this majority of, or not majority, I, you have this minority of people that decide to go over and, and review bomb your product. And then that costs you potential other sales because, you know, the product's getting reviewed bombed for something unrelated to the product, but something about the company or something about, you know, something that someone did. And that's, then, that's so now just... people that would have normally bought the product because they were interested in it now aren't going to because of, what they see online. I don't know. But that's still, that, that things has been a problem as old as time. Like instead of the, now it's the review bomb, but back in the day it was the, it was the rogue critic. Yeah. You know, the, the rogue critic wrote you a bad review and now he must be stopped. Like, uh, that they were like what like companies used to do back then. And they probably still do it today is they, they like to, they like to church you up by like inviting you to like industry things and giving you like gifts and stuff like that to, to, to remove the rogue critic. So now the customers yeah. are just the rogue critic. Well, and that's, and that's a problem, right? Because a rogue critic before is something that they could control to well, a try to control, try to control. They could, they could attempt to control it with all the things that you just said. But when the customer is the rogue critic, you can't yeah. invite, you know, well, 10,000 people to, well, your but you can't, you can't, you can't control the rogue critic anymore. I'll give you a good example is Jim Sterling. He's a video game reviewer. He's been banned from having review copies from like 12 companies 
and all he does is buys the game himself and reviews it anyway. You can't stop him. (laughs) And, and, and that's, I understand from the company's perspective and here's, and this is the shitty part too, right? Like if you have a critic that is giving every single one of your games a bad review, his reviews aren't wrong, by the way, they're usually companies that did shitty things. Right. And so that's my point, right? Like if you have a critic that's going through and, and always reviewing your games as bad, the company's response is, well, let's ban the critic because we don't want him reviewing our games. They're going to cost us sales when what they should be thinking is, oh, shit, why did we do it that way? Like, well, let's make it better. And they're, yeah. that's not what they're thinking. They're no, they're they're little little snowflakes, <laughs> corporate snowflakes, which is whatever, you know, man up. I don't know. Grow a pair. Stop fucking up. Treat your people good. You know, and yeah. in the case of the Bioware thing, you guys should really read that article, by the way. It took me an hour and a half to read it, though. Holy shit, is it long? It's which, really long. Wait, which one? Uh, Jason Schreier from Kotaku did an expose on Bioware's corporate culture during the whole Anthem thing, where Anthem was oh. basically basically created within 11 months. Like the day oh, that that just, like just came out, didn't it? Yeah, the day that that E three trailer came out. Remember when I was bitching about that? And I was like, man, it's like one thing that bothers me about this whole Anthem thing is that E three trailer looks so much better than this actual game. Well, apparently, the day that that E three trailer came out, the dev staff was like, oh, that's the game we're making. I guess they had no prior knowledge of it. What? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's so here's the game thing that I wow. read. Yeah, um, like I'm so, giving, I'm not doing it justice. It's an hour. It took me an hour and a half to read that entire article. It's long. Here, here's the here's another thing that I read with that with the anthem thing, and and part of the reason, and part of the one of the big reasons that I'm I'm scared about um, Dragon Age Four because apparently what they were doing with Anthem is that they were they were making a uh, kind of like a wireframe game. And they wanted to go through and the developers were making basically a system that they could go through and, and plug in different games uh, to it. Different texture packs, different, you know, they, they can go through and then you can use this wireframe to build out. They're building a code base. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- then what it turned into was, well, the code base isn't necessarily done. And then Anthem got announced, and they're like, oh, shit, okay, well, this is the game that we have to make. And then they built the game in 11 months based off the code base. So, like, technically, they weren't building it for 11 months, right? They were, they were working on the code base prior to that, but, like, in, but in reality, they, were, they built the game in 11 months because they had to stop working solely on the code base and start actually finishing the game, um, which leads to two different things that was wrong, in my opinion, in my mind, right? There, there is a problem with the fact that Anthem is a shitty game because it was built in 11 months. And the second problem is that Anthem is built on top of a code base that in my eyes doesn't seem like it's fully finished because it didn't produce a, a good game at the end. And that is the code base that they're going to be using for Dragon Age 4. Well, well, here's an even more of a crime. So Jason Schreier did another article today about Dragon Age 4 and apparently a small team had been working on Dragon Age 4 using Dragon Age Inquisition's code base for um, several years and then when it was announced that EA wants to go live service model they had to trash it all oh Jesus (laughs) so my point is is like kind of going back to what I was saying though is like I corporations aren't sympathetic entities to me at all. I don't give a shit. Like you are a giant monolith of people. Um, and, and they're being controlled by higher ups that have no clue what they're doing. So review bombs or exposés like this one that throw shade at the corporation. Like that's, that's normal Americana. That's how it fucking should be. The press should be keeping the, the, the government and the corpse and fucking, um, and, and check. And they haven't been cause like the games press for years has been, has been bad at that because they get freaking wined and dined by the the gaming companies. They get flown out to these stupid events to play the game, and they they feed them and they do all that kinds. Of, it gives them goodwill, and they they don't, they don't want to trash their game. So we're not you know we're not getting good journalism. 
Like this piece on on Bioware is probably the best journalism I've seen on a video game company in a very long time. You know. So yeah, man. I hear you. It's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem, and the problem is we need to. I just we gotta stop this corporate worship in the gaming industry. Like, I I don't know. Support some double A's. I that's what I do. I like double A uh, games. I I like I like smaller games like Undertale. Um, Enter the Gungeon is a fucking great game for guys like me that like challenge. I, and like Enter the Gungeon is this pixel gun game that you die constantly. It's right up my fucking alley. It's ten dollar game. <laughs> You know, ever played a uh, Salt and Sanctuary. I feel like you'd like. Yeah, that. I have that too. It's a good game. Yeah, it's seven forty nine right now in Inner Gungeon on on sale. But my point is, is like, like, I don't know. We gotta if the, these giant AAA companies aren't gonna stop unless we stop buying their shit when they're not good. Reward them when they're good. Don't when they're not. You gotta you gotta throw some fucking restraint. We really do. Like I said, Epic Epic Games launchers make me a fucking way more productive guy this year. So there we go. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Fuck Bioware. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Randy Pritchford and I hate Steam. I made Portal Lines mag- magic and stuff. And you know what's magical is listening to TMJ Syndrome on Wednesdays. Okay, bye. Bye, my game. You thought it was oh. funny that he he, uh, he did do a tweet that said the Gabe released Half-Life 3, he would release Borderlands 3 on Steam immediately. He was trolling real bad. I missed that one. I didn't see that. That's, That's pretty hilarious. good. Yeah, he uh he's salty. He's uh he definitely likes that Tim Sweeney. They probably, you know, probably they're probably good buds. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, they probably do match together in their mom's basement. Yeah. That's probably true. Yep. Well. Oh, you know what I learned today, Mitch? What's that? I learned that the Epic's game launcher is spyware. Wait. I guess I didn't really learn anything today. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, it's fair. not spyware. That's what I meant. Not spyware. I learned that ga- that gamers, if you really don't like Epic, then fucking stick to your guns, man. Just do it once. Send a message. If not, this is your future. Sorry. Yeah. Boycott AAA support indie. Yeah. And if you agree with us, if you're on the on the YouTubes, you should like and subscribe. If you're an iTunes listener, you should leave us a review. I don't think you can review on Google Play, but if you can, yeah, you should us. do that. Yeah. Tell us what your favorite indie game is. Yeah. Tell us your favorite indie game. And uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. Later.